Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Fire up for pro football. That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad. Wouldn't kill you. We play some competitive sports once in a while, wouldn't it? Oh, would that make you love me? Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Hour two of two here on Football Sunday on 1080 The Fan. Mike Rashad, Jesse with you. And for one more hour, we've got Hater Love coming up at 1030. West Coast Bias is next. That's where we'll be talking about the Thursday night game between the Rams and the Seahawks. Russell Wilson played a sensational game in that one in a very good Thursday night game we've actually had a couple of good Thursday night games in a row which has been very very nice and unusual to see but I want to start with uh, a couple of interesting situations in the NFL for this segment and I'm curious what you guys think about them and how you think these players are 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 acting in these situations and what I'm talking about is Jalen Ramsey and Stefan Diggs and we're seeing this more in the NFL We've seen it in other sports before, especially in the NBA, but we're starting to see it more in the NFL than I think we ever have before is players are forcing trades away from their teams and their teams are basically being forced to give in at the risk of losing that player for uh, nothing, right? If you trade them, at least you get something back. Although in the NFL, the value seems to be pretty low. Granted, if you are the Dolphins, you got a first round pick for trading um, Minka Fitzpatrick to the Steelers earlier this year. So that's not bad value necessarily. But um, the Jalen Ramsey story has been absolutely insane, right? He had a back injury. He demanded a trade. He had a kid. He skipped practice. It's all all over the place. I'm sure there's some truth to it. I'm sure there's some uh, kind of exaggerations in there as well. Stefan Diggs asked this week, do you want to be traded? He goes, there's some truth to that report, basically. So we're starting to see this more and more. And I'm curious how you think Ramsey and, and Diggs are going about this. Do you think it's it's okay what they're doing? Do you do you care that they're kind of throwing their team under the bus and putting their team in a bad situation selfishly because they want to be traded? Um, or are you more on the side of the player and saying they don't want to be in the situation they're in and they have every right they, uh, that, uh, to do what they're doing because it'll get them out of their situation? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm never one for, depending on the situation, I'm not one for forcing your way out. Like if something's really happening that's that's in fact impacting the way you play the way you're able to play the way you're able to prepare any of that stuff okay you, you're I, I i understand you know kind of holding your position you know based on certain things trying to you know have trying to play through injuries or something like that or your team wanting you to play through certain injuries that you're not ready to play through like there are outliers to you know wanting to wanting to trade or wanting to force your way out Neither one of these situations are like that. You, these are two guys that just play for bad teams at the end of the day. Like, I mean, now the Vikings are a better team than the Jaguars. I think we know that. But at the same time, like, the Vikings, 
have a quarterback that most people are less than lukewarm on. You know, I think if – I mean, Jesse and I think Dirt are two of the guys here at the station that, man, really believe in Kirk Cousins. Look, Kirk Cousins sucks. Can we just – But I'm No, but I'm saying – I'm going to come that, out and say that's what Kirk I'm saying. Cousins is terrible. I've said it. You know, but there are certain guys that still believe that, man, Kirk Cousins, you know, has – uh, has shown enough to be a starting quarterback and should be the guy and everything like that. I know for a while, I'm not sure if he still is. I know for a while, Jesse was one of those guys. The most prominent guy here at the station, like I said, is one Andy Dirt Johnson. He really, really believes in, in what Kirk Cousins can do. I'm like everybody else in the uh, majority that says, man, Kirk Cousins sucks, man. He I, can't get the ball up the field. Now you've got Adam Thielen is as professional a football player or an athlete as you'll be able to find. He's to the point to where he's like, man, this dude is not good. He can't get the ball up the field to any of us. Like, this is a problem. Like, Adam Thielen, the, one of the quote-unquote good guys in football, is saying, man, this is a problem. Stephon Diggs is just a little more of a diva. So he's like, yeah, I, I want to trade. I want to get out of here. I don't want to be here anymore. And I think there's something to that. Mike Zimmer needs to step in and do something because that's the one guy that I haven't really heard a lot from as we talk about the situation with Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen and – and with Diggs, like where where the hell is Mike Zimmer? What is he going to do about any of this? We saw, if you're looking at Pittsburgh, and if you're looking at Oakland, man, how these situations can turn out when you have a disgruntled receiver. More than likely, you're just going to ship him away for less than nothing. Although he did have a catch in the first play of the game for the Vikings, so I told the you, squeaky as Jesse said, the squeaky wheel thing. Yeah, I, I just I, th- this is one of those things. Like- I I I will admit, I for a very you know for a couple of years there was really championing the Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback than we're giving him credit for. And I will at this point admit the errors of my ways. I think more often than not, and this might be sound like a cocky statement or what, but more often than not, I think I right than wrong in those. But this one is one I, I very much missed. He found himself a new home. He got paid and he's putrid. For the Vikings now, uh, you uh, one thing about these is the Vikings. Uh, it's a fine franchise, but they're not like a winning franchise. Never really have been. But I still think you went to a better situation, to a better team, to a better franchise, better supporting cast, and you have been a worse quarterback in Kirk Cousins. And and the fact is, is yeah, you're not a good quarterback, and you're not earning your money. I think the interesting thing about this is. It could be coaching a little bit too with him. Um, with you know, maybe Jay Gruden just knew what to do with Kirk Cousins. Where I, I I think they've had a couple of different offensive coordinators in Minnesota, but I'm not sure that they've had exactly the right play calls and and the right kind of things for Cousins. Although I don't know, I, I think what we're learning is Cousins is good, not great. Right? I, I he can be really good, he can be really exciting, but more often than not, if he gets pressure, he doesn't make the right throw. Uh, he often is inaccurate with his throws, and we see that all across the league. Most of the NFL quarterbacks are like that. It's not necessarily a bad thing. But if you're going to pay him a fully guaranteed $95 million contract, you better be better than that. Well, and, and it's like he has everything that an average quarterback needs to succeed in the NFL. You got a strong, strong running game you can run play action off of. You got strong receivers on the outside that can get separation off of play action. You got a strong defense that can cause turnovers and get you the ball and keep the, the score down. And you still can't look like a competent quarterback. And he just had Stephon Diggs open to the left and completely kind of missed him over the top. Like, it's small things like that. And, Lynch, you mentioned, like, 
you know, you're not being well and not being great under pressure, you know, not being able to deliver. The, those are things that quarterbacks have to be able to do in the NFL. Like, you know I mean, who else isn't good under pressure? Jared Goff, which we learned on Thursday night. No, Jared Goff is not good under pressure. But Jared Goff, at least when he's not being pressured, is, is a pretty good quarterback. You know, when he's got some time to throw, he's actually pretty good. When the pressure in his face, no, he's not, man. Even when there's not a lot of pressure for Kirk Cousins, it seems like he has a tough time making the right play. And that's the part that's kind of confusing. You know who else has that? Man, Cam Newton has a lot of that. And as far as like, man, I, I've, I've got time to throw, but that was a bonehead throw. You know, but the same thing can be said for Jameis Winston. Like, I've got uber time to throw. It's just like that was the wrong. Marcus Mariota. That, some, sometimes for Mariota, absolutely. And that's you know why I said it, it, uh, so many quarterbacks are like this. But I think in the case of Mariota, like, he doesn't have a Stephon Diggs. He doesn't have a Mike Evans or somebody no, like that. No, he's never that had make, that cast. He's, he never had somebody that can, I can just, I'm going to try to throw it up to them and see what happens. And, you know, kind of almost like a 50-50 thing. Like, with Mariota, it's more like a 70 or a 30-70 thing. Like, there's a 30% chance that this is going to be bad. There you go, McCaffrey. Well, the, the one thing, though. Man, that, McCaffrey's a god. McCaffrey's so good. Mariota, this is the funny thing about Mariota, because I, I don't think he's a, a great quarterback by any means, but he does one thing that you want out of a competent, average quarterback in the NFL. He doesn't turn the ball over. Like, you go and look, especially in the red zone. He has one interception in the red zone in his career. How insane is that? That's insane. No. That's that's what you want out of an average quarterback is the very least you get in the red zone and you're not turning the ball over, you're getting points. You're just settling for field and goals. And you, you <laughs> mentioned you are, yeah, but once again, he doesn't have he doesn't have the talent like that offensive line they try to build is not a success. The running backs, once again, they ignored Henry for how many years and then finally found out he's a competent running back. Like, this team has not been making you, good decisions around their you, quarterback. You mentioned Jameis Winston, or you uh, you mentioned coaching, excuse me, and when we, we talk about Mike Zimmer. Jameis Winston in one year has gone from a pretty a, a, a guy who can't make the right decision to all of a sudden they're winning some pretty good games. You know but what I'm he saying? Also, a just in the first drive, just made terrible decision after terrible decision. Terrible on that decision, drive. yeah, terrible, bad decisions. But I think when you put a competent coach around a guy who's you know got some talent the the decision the bad decision making kind of you know it, it starts to falter a little bit and so far we haven't seen Jameis this year make that many terrible decisions he's done enough to win some pretty good games against a couple really good teams and I think when you have a good coach that matters I don't know if Mike Zimmer is that guy this text says Kirk Cousins is somewhere between Ryan Fitzmagic and Josh McCown <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I think that's a little bit harsh, but I mean, I see your point. I, I understand what you're saying. At this point, I'd rather have Fitzmagic. I mean, no, like, no, you, no, at least that guy can sling it in the Did end zone. Did you see how he started? Time. No, you don't want. Well, no, no. I, he's playing for Miami. I, I saw how he played last year. Fitzmagic is what he is. He, he is what he is. He's but really at least good and really bad. All at the Kirk same Cousins time doesn't have a Fitzmagic a nickname, man. There is no <laughs> magic to Cousins. He's Kirkers, right? That's his nickname. All right, we got a break. Coming up next, we've got. Uh, West Coast bias. The Thursday night football game was quite sensational, if you ask me. And uh, Russell Wilson showed himself to be an absolutely incredible quarterback once again in a great game. So we'll talk about that next. Football Sunday on the fan. It's time for some West Coast flavor. Wrong side. Left side. Yes, this is the center of the football universe. Don't oversell it. I'm not selling anything. Come on, stop milking it. I didn't hear my lungs. I'd scream at you. This is West Coast Bias, an in-depth look at the NFL's Western teams on Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 10-15 here on your Sunday morning. Mike Rashad, Jesse with you for another 45 minutes. 
Uh, just a reminder, we'll say it at the end of the show as well, but we will be off next week. Seahawks have a 10 a.m. game against the Cleveland Browns next week. And uh, what's interesting, so the, the Seahawks played on Thursday, get the extra rest. The Browns play Monday, and it's an early game Sunday, so that should be an advantage for the Hawks going into that game. But that is where we will start with the Seattle Seahawks, who squeaked away with a 30-29 win over the Rams in a sensational Thursday night football game. There's so many talking points about this game, but what I want to focus on for the West Coast bias is Russell Wilson's play at quarterback. So Russell Wilson, I think most people throw Russell Wilson in like, ah, like top seven ish, right? Top seven quarterback, top eight quarterback in the league. Right. But I think what you're starting to see is the continued maturation as Rashad likes to say, the continued maturation of, of him as a player and I think what you saw in that Rams game was an in-game early switch of strategy from Wilson and the offense that made that, that team work and click. Because in the first two drives of that game, Russell Wilson was running for his life. Uh, Aaron Donald was in the backfield in every single play. Clay Matthews was in the backfield in every single play. He got sacked a couple of times. He was throwing the ball way too quickly because he was just under pressure. And he made the conscious decision, and, and Pete Carroll made the conscious decision to let Russell Wilson be Russell Wilson, which sometimes he doesn't let him do, right? You want to run the football. You want him to be under control. But what we saw in that game was Russell Wilson at his best. Now, his stats aren't the most spectacular stats in the world. 17 to 23, 268 yards. Um, you know, it's a, that's a good, not great quarterbacking game. But he had four touchdown passes. And his touchdown passes were on crazy plays, like the one that he got Tyler Lockett early in the game where he escaped the sack, ran down the towards the left sideline, fade away through the ball in the only tiny window that Tyler Lockett and not a Rams defender could catch it. And Tyler Lockett could keep both his feet in also a great catch by him. It was those kind of plays and his ability to extend plays and extend drives with his legs as well. When he needed to, that was almost like a wake up call to me of stop being tentative about putting Russell Wilson in the top five. He is, he's a top five quarterback, especially with how we've seen the quarterback play go around the league this year. He's a top five guy. It's just that simple. You have Listen, a microphone, Rashad. I do, man. This is like the second time today that's happened. That's so weird. Listen, Russell Wilson, and mind you, both all of us in here, none, none of us are Seahawks fans, right? Nope. Both Broncos fans, obviously a Patriots fan. None of us like the Seahawks. We just can't stand them. I, my favorite color is blue, but not that blue. I don't like them. You know, it's just one of those things. Russell Wilson is easily the best Seahawk of all time. Like for, for everything that he's been able to do, the fact that he bought that team a championship, the fact that they're in the playoffs every single year, despite nobody picking them to really win the NFC West. Every last year we said the Seahawks are probably going to be the worst team in the NFC West. What do you know? They happen to be the second best team in the NFC West this year. Well, it looks like with the, 49ers getting Garoppolo back, man, looks like the Seahawks might go to third. They lost their best receiver out of due to retirement. What do you know? Right now, the Seahawks are sitting on top of the NFC West. Russell Wilson, third in the NFL right now in passing yards. The only people in front of him are, I think it's Mahomes and can't remember the other person. Doesn't even matter. You know who's leading the NFL right now in passing touchdowns at the week five mark? Russell Wilson. It's Russell Wilson. You know what I mean? Like he's he's the guy that's keeping everything together in Washington. His in um, Seattle, his ability 
to move. Like, he already drops back, like, seven, eight steps. But he does that because he knows a lot of time the line can't hold him for long, and he has to be able to move and do something. And once he starts moving, you think it's all over, and you think he's got to throw the ball out of bounds or he's going to take the sack, he makes a play. And he does it every single week. Like, they've lost one game, and that was against the Saints, which was a great game. You know, it came down to, you know, uh, they lost by less than – uh, a touchdown. And also, you know, frankly, they game. probably should have lost this game. Zerline makes that kick nine times out of ten. No, yeah. You know, if Zerline gets that kick, then, you know, we're all good. But then he doesn't, and you see the the magic of Russell Wilson. He doesn't make that play in the end. It doesn't matter if he makes the kick or not. You know, the, the game is signed, sealed, delivered. But this is just who Russell Wilson is. So it's weird to me. I was at the barbershop, and I'm getting, you know, my haircut and everything. And this talking to this dude next to me, and he said he's not a Cowboys fan. But he said Dak Prescott is better than Russell Wilson. I looked at this fool like, what? Who? And he said, yeah, Dak Prescott. Look at the throws he makes. Look at this. I said, man, that's been for three games that Dak Prescott has done this. Russell Wilson has done this now for what? This is the sixth, seventh, sixth season in the NFL. And of six seasons, he has the best win percentage of of, right. of any of those guys. Yeah, has, to me, Dak Prescott's not better than Russell. That's Dak, a silly thing. He's not take. in the same conversation. That's a Cowboys fan saying that He's not that in right the same there. conversation no. like, of, of – the Dak Prescott is a nice up-and-coming quarterback. This is his best so far. This has been his best year as a professional. But Russell Wilson started as a guy that wasn't considered. Remember, they were about to play, was it uh, Patrick or uh, Flynn? What's, what was Matt, it? Flynn. Uh, Matt Flynn. Matt Flynn was the guy that got the big contract from Seattle. And he and was supposed to. And, he, and Russell Wilson came in and said, no, nah, I'll be the quarterback here. And in the first year, made the playoffs. Second year, made the Super Bowl. Third year, went back to the Super Bowl. Like, if if he's not a top five guy to you and you're talking about dudes like Carson Wentz and stuff right now, then we don't need to talk football. Carson Wentz is incredibly talented, but we saw that team win a Super Bowl and a whole playoff run without him. So, yes, he's very, very good, but how good? We saw Russell Wilson go to two Super Bowls in a row and win one of them and come all but this close away from winning a second one in a row. So, yeah, man, let's go ahead and stop all the weird arguments about the hate. And I understand if you hate Seattle, you're not a Seahawks fan, you're tired of people talking about them, okay, we get it. You live, Especially if you live in the Northwest, totally understandable. But don't be a hater. That's, that's, that's a whole different thing. If you're hating on Russell Wilson, Look, you clearly don't like Seattle, and I understand that. I understand a little bit where some of the negative stuff for him comes because he does have games where he'll throw some bad picks or he'll disappear. And, it, you know, that happens to every quarterback, but I think those are coming – less and less as he gets more and more into his career. And it's not like the Seahawks have given him a ton of help, right? I mean, your number one receiver is Tyler Lockett, who's great, right? Good, surprisingly, yeah. surprisingly great. But that's your number one receiver, Tyler Lockett. I mean, he's a, he's an inside guy, but they're making him work, right? They really haven't had a good tight end at all. And their offensive line has had a ton of moving pieces and moving parts. And it has been very, very inconsistent. So, I don't know. The way I look at it is he does more with less as as a top quarterback in the league than pretty much any other top quarterback. And that's why I, I respect him so much more. Well, it's, it's I, I'm not a big fan of Russell Wilson's personality. It can really wear on you, I think. He's corny. Like he's a corny it, it, dude. It but. just wears on you, and he really is. And in uh, public, he, he's fake. He's got so much. Yeah, exactly. It's rehearsed. You know who else is? Tom Brady. Yeah. Incredibly rehearsed, incredibly fake. That's just the way he is. But the one thing Russell Wilson does, I think, that might be – better than any quarterback in the NFL is his efficiency. The way he's able to do more with less, not just on, you know, pieces like Tyler Lockett being your number one receiver or Doug Baldwin, who Doug Baldwin was a great number two, but he never truly was a number one type of guy. You made him that way. But you look at how many attempts he gets compared to the other quarterbacks 
and how efficient he is with those. Sure, he only put up like 260 yards on Thursday night, but he put up four touchdowns. Like, he he fills the stat lines that matter the most. Completion percentage, touchdown to interception ratio. Like, all of those are off the charts. Who cares if he's not throwing for 5,000 yards? That's not the way they run their offense. But when he gets an opportunity, I don't know if there's anybody more efficient with their opportunities in the NFL than Russell Wilson. Absolutely agree. And to to go into that game a little bit too, that that is becoming a little bit of a rivalry now. The Rams and uh, oh, Seahawks. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't think it's fully reached the level of Rams Niners yet that it was from a couple of years ago, but it's becoming a nice little rivalry. It almost feels like both teams are too nice for it to be a rivalry. But I think at the end of the game, you were starting to see a little bit of that chippiness come in. Um, what both teams are really good. I think Jared Goff is is overrated at this point, and he's really struggled to. Uh, to to kind of take that next step especially after signing the big contract what we saw from him in this game was when he has a clean pocket he's sensational but that you could say that about almost every quarterback in the nfl right um when he doesn't have a clean pocket when he has pressure he floats the ball he he doesn't have any urgency in his passes he's often throwing behind guys he almost got picked off five times in the last three drives like it was clearly really bad passes when they got pressure in his face yet still have a good offense you got a really good offensive coach and sean mcveigh cooper cup is a great wide receiver and you've got Brandon Cooks and, and Robert Woods there as well who are also solid wide receivers so the Rams are good and the Seahawks beat them and they beat them fair and square and I mean they got lucky with the field goal at the end but they won that game they did and Russell Wilson won it for them and I just love that we're getting Thursday night football games that are good it's like the third one in a row two, two or three in a row and I'm yeah. like hey well I don't know what changed yeah, there was Maybe a point early in the season so that's that's what changed there but. was a point to where I have like this was it was a waste of time you know and I, I felt like Thursday night football, you would get, you know, Titans versus Bills. Boo. Nobody wants to watch that. Like, but we'll still probably you know, see that. Yeah. No, yeah. Well, we're definitely gonna see that. But the fact is, you know, right now you have a lot of teams that are maybe performing uh maybe a little uh over ahead of what where they were supposed to be. And there are a couple teams that are well under where we thought they would be. I think a lot of us thought that the Rams would be better than they are now. Not to say that they're a, a bad team, but you know, two losses in a row, that's not the, the the greatest look, you know, for your team. You know, I think a lot of us thought uh, the Patriots would start to kind of look old and be bad. And what do you know? They're the last undefeated team left around. So it's just – it's one of those things, man. Right now, everybody is just – there's room for error for, for anybody. We've seen teams kind of flip the switch on week six and they go on a big run and they make the playoffs and, you know, they even make a deep run into the playoffs like it's happened before so i'm holding off judgment because we know that really boring thursday night game is going to be there but i just want it to be a competitive one so but if it's russell wilson that's in it i'm definitely watching he's become must see tv there's a couple guys that i have to watch play football one of them is patrick mahomes like there's just something about watching patrick mahomes that's just he's the best so much fun and the other one is russell wilson like i Uh, you're forgetting one Gardner Minshew, come on. Oh, well, I mean. Minshew mania, baby, let's go. I mean, I'm not a big fan of mullets and of uh, mustaches and everything. No, but Gardner Minshew was a lot a of. He's, <laughs> Gardner Minshew was a lot of fun hater-ish. to watch. But I'm wondering, <laughs> I'm wondering how long uh, it's going to last. Like, if he's going to be, if right now he's a character and a fun character uh, to watch. But is it going to be sustainable? You know, is it, this right now, I feel like this is Lynn Sanity. You know what I mean? Like, it's something that's come on, and for these few games, he's, you know, lit the league on fire, and and then, you know, all this stuff kind of dies down once we get to the midpoint in the season. So that's what I'm looking forward to see. I'd like to see Garner Minshew be 
really good. A Washington State kid that's going to go out there and, you know, set the world ablaze. You know, I would love to see that. But I, I think it right now it might just be smoke. A couple of quick updates for everybody in the NFL before we get to hate it or love it. Uh, Falcons passing touchdown to Muhammad Sanu. Texans passing touchdown to Will Fuller. The Jags passing touchdown to DJ Chark. Panthers got a touchdown from Christian McCaffrey, which we had talked about earlier. Julian Edelman just caught a touchdown pass for the Patriots. Mark Ingram ran one in for the Ravens. Eagles just got a defensive touchdown on a pick six of Luke Falk. And, uh, yeah, those are all the touchdowns so far. Oh, and Kyler Murray rushing touchdown for the Cardinals. Rest of the games are scoreless. Almost every game today is in the early window. There's only two late games, Packers, Cowboys, Broncos, Chargers. So there's a lot of stuff going on right now. Edelman's back. In fantasy. All right. Coming up next, it's hate it or love it. But first, Jesse has sports. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 1032, Sunday morning. That music means it is time for hate it or love it. I think Rashad won last week, right? Yeah, I think he did. I think so. So uh, what do we got today, Jesse? Yeah, I remember. I played the wrong music to... Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it really, really... Uh, anytime you want to, like, chap is high, just... Uh, Play the wrong, Play the wrong winner winning, music. Yeah, the winning yeah. band. Work hard for that win, man. I don't want to hear my song. Sharks. <laughs> I think it's pretty fun. It's a fun. It is a fun thing. Tune. I'll be honest. Oh man! All right. Um. Well, we'll start off with uh, Mike and I's favorite team, the Denver Broncos. Zero and four. We like, suck. There's only like been other three other times in the history of the Broncos. They've been 0 four. They've never gone 0 and five to start the season. Just oh absolutely no, insanity. we suck again. Oh no, we suck again. Uh, lo- uh, like luckily we have a chance, I think, against the Chargers because we have had the Chargers number. We beat them last year, and we just they they charger it up. Let's face it. So, anyways, let's get. Uh, I'm on a weird tangent, but with that said, obviously things are kind of going off the rails in Denver. Uh, not the year that they were hoping to have. It's not necessarily been because a total inept offense. I mean, it hasn't been great, but it hasn't been absolutely atrocious. It's been more to do with the defense. And with that said, it's starting to get older. Um, there's fewer pieces between the great pieces on that defense, and we're not getting what we we thought we were going to get out of it. Um, and the trade rumors are beginning to swirl. Love or hate, Von Miller will be traded before the trade deadline. Hmm. You know what? I, I, I hate that I'm saying this, but I'm going to say love because this Broncos team desperately needs help in multiple places across the board. Their offensive line stinks again. Their secondary is not as good as it should be. Uh, their linebacking core is weak. The wide receiver group is fairly weak. They have so many holes on this team that anything you can get for your stud players, I think, is huge. You're 0-4. Teams who start 0-4 do not make the playoffs, so there's not even a chance of them, in my opinion, of coming back from this. If you've watched the Broncos play, yeah, they've had some bad luck losses, but generally they have not looked the part. They're not a very good team. Um, Joe Flacco obviously was not the answer, and he doesn't have enough weapons around him to help. Anyway, also very shocked that Vic Fangio, who is a great defensive coordinator with the Bears, has kind of had such a bad defense with the Broncos to start his career there. Very, very shocking. I know Bradley Chubb is out for the year with a torn ACL, and you want Von Miller to be there for the pass rush, but getting draft picks and getting talent for a guy like Von Miller. Think about what you could get for Von Miller. You could get a ton of draft capital and hell, even a good player in return for a guy like Von Miller, who's one of the best defensive ends, although aging in the league. I think it's the right time to trade him. Love that the Broncos should trade Von Miller before the deadline. 
Uh, I loved. They. I also loved. They should trade Von Miller by the deadline. Right now, it looks like the Broncos are quietly doing uh, what Miami is doing is basically just a fire sale. They're trying to get rid of uh, a lot of their guys now. That without actually saying it right now, Von Miller is the one piece on this team right now that you can get a whole lot for. Lynch mentioned. Uh, all the holes that you have. But if you look around the league, there are a lot of guys that can use a linebacker like Von Miller. Uh, the Eagles missed out on Minka Fitz, uh, Fitzpatrick, and they were trying to be in that whole thing, so that could help them out. Uh, the Raiders, clearly after losing Vontez Burfick, and then last year after losing uh, their best defensive player, Khalil Mack, is still without in the middle. Uh, there's a bunch of teams right now that need a guy like a Von Miller, so it wouldn't shock me if Man, the Broncos, who are looking to rebuild, who are looking to really start over, it, it looks like if, if, after going, if they go 5-0, and oh, you can almost guarantee, or 0-5, oh excuse me, you can almost guarantee that they're going to start shipping people out as soon as they can. Any guy with a big name, any guy with uh, any type of clout to their name is probably going to be a trade bait, and it starts with arguably the best linebacker in football in Von Miller. Yeah, I'm not going to be surprised. You see guys like Chris Harris in the last year of his deal, Emmanuel Sanders last year of his deal, Derek Wolf last year of his deal. Um, Makes me sad. I love Von Miller. Yeah, but, but I mean, it's just it. I finally came to that realization. This is a this is a big come to a realization year for me. Kirk Cousins sucks. Denver Broncos, not enough talent there. I've been saying, you know what? There's talent. Nope. There's some high on talent and then nothing behind it. Like it's 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 been tough. Yes, I I also agree. I think I think Von Miller. Um, quite possibly is on the way out. Now, we did kind of talk about this a little bit um, already today, but I already had written this down, and I really think it's a very interesting conversation uh, when you talk about quarterbacks. You know, we've talked about Aaron Rodgers being the best quarterback in this league for years now, despite the fact that he's not winning Super Bowls. That's Tom Brady, despite the fact that um, half the time he's not playing because he's got a broken collarbone or whatever it is that he's he's not playing well uh and you get guys like i don't know russell wilson patrick mahomes that are just tearing up the league love or hate russell wilson is 1b to patrick mahomes 1a as the best quarterbacks in the league uh i'm gonna go ahead and say hate on that one we did talk about it i don't think he's at that level quite yet uh, despite the weirdness on offense, I still think Aaron Rodgers is better. I think Tom Brady is better. I think there are certain guys who have that pedigree that I'm going to put above Russell Wilson uh, at this point. But the thing is, and you got to think about it this way, too, not to counter my own argument here, but Russell Wilson's pedigree is legit. Super Bowl champion, went to two Super Bowls. I think a lot of people forget that when talking about Russell Wilson as a quarterback, that he is the guy who made it to two Super Bowls. He's not just an exciting young quarterback. I don't think he's 1B, though. I think you're going to go Mahomes 1, you're going to go Rodgers 2, Brady 3, Russell Wilson 4. I think that's where you're probably going to go now. You could even slide Russell Wilson up to 3 if you want. But to 1B him, I don't think that's necessarily the case. I also think that Patrick Mahomes is so much better than Russell Wilson. I think Patrick Mahomes is so much better than everybody right now that it's kind of unfair to put someone at that same level as he is. I know that there's been some... It's almost like a contrarian opinion with Mahomes all of a sudden where people are starting to, like to jab at him a little bit oh he in big situations he doesn't always show up really because against the lions last week on the game winning drive he was great and led them down the field to to win that game um oh but you know he's only in the second year. how can you say he's the best watch him play he is the best quarterback it is not even close in the nfl right now he is that good russell wilson's top five he's not one b uh <clears throat> i'm gonna absolutely love it 
Um, the reason I'm going to love it is because Russell Wilson has done what Patrick Mahomes has never been asked to do. He's been asked to go out there and win the game with the lack of an offense. We talked about it for years. Russell Wilson doesn't have an offensive line. Russell Wilson doesn't have a solid tight end. Russell Wilson doesn't even have a solid number one receiver. Doug Baldwin, for years, we called a good number two, maybe even a number three. And yet and still, he's been able to go out there and win games for his team. One of the highest win percentages in football history. I think the only the uh, the second highest completion percentage only behind Aaron Rodgers. And he's been to two Super Bowls. He went to North Carolina State and was the best quarterback there. He went to Wisconsin and broke every record Wisconsin had. He came to the NFL, was supposed to be a backup, and took a dude who just got a big contracts job. And in, in three, his first three years, man, two of those years were spent in the Super Bowl. Since then, he's done nothing but perform without anybody. Mahomes has had the luxury of a Kareem Hunt. He's had the luxury of a Tariq Hill. He's had the luxury of the best tight end in football in Travis Kelsey. He's had the luxury of the best offensive mind, one of the best offensive minds in football in Andy Reid. He's had every single luxury in front of him to be the best and yet and still Russell Wilson is right on his heels and even a little bit ahead of him Mahomes has a great had a great year with an MVP season he ain't been to the Super Bowl yet Russell Wilson's been to two of them for that reason alone yes he's the de- the second best quarterback Brady is the best ever that goes without saying but at this point in his career Brady is top five based on name right now Russell Wilson is top two based on the fact that he's the dude all right um nice one you, you, you brought it that time uh Mike Lynch has a one-point lead heading into the final round. Uh, and you know what? We're, we're going to – last year, the talk of the town was the L.A. Rams, that flashy offense, everybody in their mind that knew uh, Sean McVay was getting a job as a head coach in the NFL is a third or a quarter of the league switched head coaches. Um, however, they're not quite the same flashy Rams that we saw last year, even maybe the year before. Todd Gurley is not necessarily the same. And they just lost on the road to the Seattle Seahawks. Love or hate, the Seattle Seahawks will win the uh, NFC West. Huh, that's a really good question. I'm going to go ahead and say hate on this one because I still think the Rams are a better team across the board in terms of talent. Um, Russell Wilson is better than Jared Goff, but Goff is good. Uh, Todd Gurley hasn't been exactly the same, but he actually has looked pretty good in the time that they've that they've used him. He's he's looked uh, he's looked like his knee is a little bit healthier. He's hitting the hole well. I think their managing of his injury is working pretty well. Uh, obviously, the Rams have better receivers than the Seahawks do, and I think the Rams' defense, although the last two weeks has not looked good, I think is better than the Seahawks' defense this year. Although the Seahawks' defense is playing well above what I expected them to do. Uh, honestly, I think. I just like the Rams better than the Seahawks. It's going to be close all year long. I just think the explosive offense that the Rams have is going to be enough to kind of give them some of those extra wins where the Seahawks might have to kind of slug it out a little bit. Thinking about that Bengals game in the opening week of the season where they barely squeaked by a really bad, currently winless Bengals team. Um, They have more games like that on, on a regular basis than the Rams do. And I think Sean McVay is a very good offensive mind. I think he's seeing some of the limitations that Jared Goff is showing him this year, and he's going to be able to tweak throughout the year to kind of get them back in the right spot. Uh, I've, I love it. Um, uh, with the Rams, you get a winning schedule this year. You were the second best team in the NFL last year. So you got to get a winning schedule. There's a little bit tougher than what the Seahawks is. At the end of the day, uh, they got a good win against the Rams. They should the key Seahawks have showed that they can uh, beat a team, you know, pretty convincingly, like they beat the Cardinals, and then they show they can gut it out with teams like they did with the Steelers and teams like the Rams. If they can beat the Browns next week, that's going to be a big game as far as as far as going to show how good uh, this team really is. But after that, you have a bunch of teams that look like you should not. 
not a bunch of teams, but some teams you should be able uh, to get some wins. You should be better than the Buccaneers. You should be better than the 49ers at this point. I think you're a better team than Philadelphia at this point. I think you're a better team than the Vikings at this point. So if they can get some of those wins, and I believe Russell Wilson is good enough to pull that pull that out for his team, you're good. And one guy we haven't talked about enough is DK Metcalf and kind of the way Russell Wilson's been able to bring him along so far this season. Man, he's I think made Metcalf some, sucks. Metcalf has had some really good plays for the Seahawks so far this season. Now, has he been the touchdown monster that he that he that everybody thinks he is? Not yet, but already he's got two touchdowns this season. He had five in college, and already he's got two, and this is the we're in week four, going into week five, or excuse me, going into week six. So Russell Wilson and, and this Seahawks team, I think, is right now they're just playing better than the Rams. I think the Rams can pick it up and do something, but right now I think the Seahawks are just the better team with the better quarterback. All right. DK Metcalf sucks. <laughs> DK Metcalf is going to be, I'm telling you, he's good. He's good. He's a one trick pie. A trick is really good. I, I'm with I'm with Lynch. I I mean I mean I'm sorry. I'm with uh with Rashad. I I think he's been better than anticipated coming out as a extremely raw wide receiver prospect. And wide receivers typically I mean, I know we see it from time to time, flash as rookies, but I mean, it's typically year three where you start seeing him do good. And if he's that raw and he's doing that well, I I I'm actually impressed with what Matt Calf's done to this point. And it, and that I think has more to do with you got a great quarterback that puts you in great positions to catch balls and do really well. Will Fuller, two touchdowns on the day. I, I said deep, it. Deep touchdown pass. I said it. like a 35, 40-yard pass from uh, Watson right there to, to Fuller. Said he was due for that Fuller day. And every time he catches one, I think it's DeAndre Hopkins because their hair is identical. And it scares me because I'm playing against DeAndre Hopkins. Right? So. <laughs> All right, Jesse, who won? Uh, our winner today is by one point. Mike Lynch. And, and I'll, I'll tell you what, Rashad, you made it really close with that second round. You brought a lot of heat. Well, that's what I try to do, man. I try to bring the heat here in the fall. That's what we do. What are we talking about, Lynch? We'll figure it out. Sweet. Football Sunday with him. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Final segment here on Football Sunday. Sorry, I'm watching my bench quarterback get a chance to score a touchdown. Um, I do want to bring this up because this is kind of what I'm going through right now. And this is fantasy-based. And I'm curious what you guys think, the two of you, and then anyone out there still listening. Hi. Better you today, text line 55305. Um, in my current fantasy matchup, the guy I'm playing has every single one of his players going in the morning games, except for Mahomes later tonight, whereas I only have three people going in, in the morning games, and I've got three later and two in the night game. And I'm slowly watching my my gap, my deficit grow and grow and grow because he's got nine players or eight players going, and I've got three. <laughs> Isn't that the worst? Like, well, you know, I, all I'm your guys sure in the afternoon is like, oh, this is just torture right now because now you have to hope that your guys outscore whatever somebody. Like, when they're when you're going at the same time, it's like, okay, all right, man, that's cool. You can still have a good game. That, that might be as many yards as he's going to get for the day. But when you're watching somebody, especially if a guy has a big day, 
like the receiver goes for 30 points or something like that, it's like, oh, this is going to be terrible. I don't even look at my scores. I, I've got to the points where I don't check my fantasy scores until after the Sunday night game. Wow, that's crazy. I can't I'll, do it. I'll tell you what. I was I was looking at Mike Evans last week because we were having that conversation. Do I have Mike Evans, Juju? And I went with Mike Evans. He had a better touchdown potential, I thought. And it's like, I don't know, what was it, fourth quarter at this point. He's sitting there with like two receptions and like two point, two point something points. And I'm like, I'm literally yelling at the TV screen like, you want to call yourself an elite wide receiver? And this is the crap you're putting up? And I'm, I, I mean... A minute and a half later, he goes off for that 64-yard t- touchdown reception. I'm like, yeah, that's right. You need a little motivation, a little pep talk. I <laughs> I think sometimes they you. need the talk. Sometimes I'm you curious, gotta- though, because so I, wa- I mean, obviously, I follow my scores. In, in one way, this is good because now I know what I need from my team when he's done in the early games because I've got five or six players later. But also, I hate watching the gap grow. Like, I, it was like... Before it was like 43 to 33. And I'm like, ah, 10 points. He's got so many more players going. Now it's 57 to 33. And I'm like, ah, stop it. Stop getting more points. Have more bad days. I don't know. Yeah, so you don't check your team at all? No, I don't want. I, listen, it causes anxiety. And anxiety is bad for me. I can't take a good nap or anything like that. Just thinking about what my fantasy team could be doing. So, no, I changed, the, I changed the, my roster uh, Thursday night, typically, and then again, you know, Sunday morning. This is where here. So you see me looking at my phone a lot of time, and I'm really fixing my roster and stuff at that point. But after that, no, I don't want to look. I don't want to look. I'll watch, talking to the lady. I'll watch Red Zone. Hey, I mean, shh. Uh, I'll watch Red Zone, and I'll do all that stuff, and, you know, but I'm not really checking to see who's doing what at that point. It's just, it causes anxiety and I get the shakes and I don't want to do that. So I'll wait. Shakes. Yeah, I start shaking and stuff. I'm like, I don't like it. So I think it's fun. I can I mean, just wait till it's over. It's stressful, but I think it's fun. No, it's super fun, but I don't want to sit there and obsess over something, especially if you're, you know, you're if you're on a date or you're somewhere important and you're just like, oh, just look date, at my, I'm at home. Let me just look at my, well, I mean, you know, you might go to lunch or something like that. I know, you know, the lady likes to drive, drag you out to certain places but you know you're trying to check your phone not on just nfl to, sunday there's, just to make sure that everything place, is man. good man you know miss kelsey is breaking all those rules if she wants to no she she'll, likes she'll she likes football watch. too but if she wants to go to brunch okay guys answer something for me is brunch when when do you have brunch like what day of the week typically is our brunch typically day? brunch is is technically a sunday thing however you can have brunch whenever you want no you can't because if i, I that's if this is me like if it's past 11 o'clock man it's lunch if it's before 11 o'clock on a monday or tuesday it's breakfast you know it's not it's not either one of them i feel like brunch is a weekend thing i was having this arg- argument with a friend of mine and i was saying man lunch brunch is a weekend thing i've never had brunch on a on a tuesday or wednesday never ever it's always been a weekend thing. see i think <laughs> this is gonna sound super stupid brunch is like a state of mind man <laughs> like you get <laughs> You go out, if, like let's say you have a random Tuesday off from work and you go out and go to screen door at like 11 on a Tuesday. That's brunch. That's that's lunch or breakfast. That's one of those, it's, if you're eating breakfast food at lunch, which you know typically constitutes you know what you would have for brunch. But I think the one thing that's different about brunch is you drink at brunch. Like it's okay to have a mimosa or it's okay to have a Bloody Mary. Like that's the one time when you're having breakfast that day drinking is totally acceptable. Like at breakfast, if you were just having a Miller Lite with your <laughs> with your scrambled eggs on a Tuesday, it looks weird. 
Just saying. Well, that's why you throw tom- tomato juice in the Miller Lite. It still looks uh, weird. It's, yeah, you it's turn still it into Tuesday. a red beer. Well, I mean, it's I red beer. They, they don't know it's it's beer and tomato juice but, mix, right? But I'm saying it's still Tuesday, and it still looks weird day drinking on a Tuesday or Wednesday. But that's why I'm saying brunch is a Saturday-Sunday thing. I've, I've never seen a brunch special on a Thursday. By the way, Gardner Minshew just fumbled the ball because his own offensive lineman got pushed into him. Because his mustache is too big? And... Uh, he got like he got pushed into by his own guy and the ball popped out. That is, I think that's one of the worst things in football is when your own offensive lineman causes a sack or a fumble. But fumble? Because he doesn't well, that was Mark Sanchez's fault. He ran right into his offensive lineman. But like you don't uh it's not you, the offensive lineman is just trying to do his job the best he can. He just doesn't have the best spatial awareness because he's getting pushed. And it just it it sucks. It's like the worst thing that happens in football. No, yeah. The worst thing that happens. Yeah, you know, or or even worse when and all, your own teammate is the one that kind of causes an injury. That's the one, that's the one that I think it's hard to swallow because you know the rest of your team is pissed at you for landing on your quarterback or your running back's leg or his arm or stepping on his hand or whatever the case is. Like you know, the rest of your team is is beyond pissed at you for doing that. So I also I just think, realized the guy I'm playing has Panthers defense. Oh, uh oh, that sucks. You know how many good defenses they played this year already? Stupid. That's good. Well, that means you're getting them all out of the way right now. You know, I'm just saying. And we got a text here from P1RJ, and he's right. Any day is a good day to day drink. I'm just saying it's more acceptable. on. You don't look as like as much of a weirdo on Saturday here's, and Sunday. Here's the it. thing. I feel like we have all these stupid, arbitrary rules that aren't really rules. Who cares? Have brunch when you don't have brunch. Day drink if you want to day drink. If, you're, if, you have a, if you can do it, then do it, right? Who cares? This, uh, this text says brunch at a casino solves all. That's true. Go to a casino go. or go to a brunch buffet. You can have brunch any any time of the day. No, yeah. yeah. Some Sometimes those things, you know, end at, you know, 12 or whatever. They stop serving breakfast, which is stupid. Well, not if you go to a breakfast brunch should buffet. Be, I've never seen a brunch buffet. I would love to see a brunch buffet. But unless you go to, like, I've been to, like, Salty's, which is awesome, you know, for, for brunch and stuff like that. But, yeah, I think brunch is a weekend thing, man. Honestly, it's just a, it's a Saturday, Sunday. I challenge you guys to find me that's not a casino, Uh uh a brunch that's offered on a Thursday. Or, well, they're or all over Tuesday. the place in Portland. Over, dude, what? Where? Yeah. No, there's restaurants. That what, any place that serves breakfast food will have brunch. No, I'm talking about with a brunch menu. That's what I'm saying right now. Oh, I see. It doesn't exist. That's but what like I'm saying. Is that's why things. I say brunch is, it's not the no, menu. No, it's not different. It's, yeah, it's I'm the saying, state of mind, yeah, man. What you, what you, yeah, no, what the, the brunch menu is just a combination between the lunch and breakfast menu. Yes. So you're going to a restaurant that offers you lunch or breakfast. You know what? I have an example for you right now because I've gone there on a weekday and they have both lunch and breakfast when you go in the middle of the day. Well, of course, there are a lot of places Lots that have that. Us. A lot of places brunch have that. Menu. You can go to Elmer's right now. You can have lunch or breakfast or dinner. Then it's brunch. You know what I'm saying? It's it, it's Saturday. Okay, it's it, it's Sunday. So, yes, it can be it can be brunch today, but it can't be brunch on Monday. That's all I'm saying. Michael Thomas, baby. Let's Woo. go. All right, we got to go. I, I gotta, I'm getting too excited about this. Um, about brunch, I know. I do like brunch. I also like football. We are off next week. I said it earlier in the show. If you're still hanging around with us, we are out next week. The Seahawks have a 10 a.m. game against the Browns. We'll be back the following week, 9 to 11 a.m. If you have fantasy questions next week, you can tweet them at us. I'm at Mike Lynch 27. Rashad's at TaylorMade503. Jesse's at Jesse Osmond, A-S-Z-M-A-N. And uh, we'll get to them if we can on Twitter that morning. Thank you guys so much for texting and listening throughout the show today. Very much appreciated. And uh, you can find the podcast. Podcasts are back. Logger is back for us to podcast. 
you can find the Last Show Paris podcast at 1080thefan.com and the radio.com app if you miss any of the show. Hopefully your fantasy teams do well, and we will talk to you in two weeks. Have a very good rest of your Sunday. This one's for Pat! This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.